Welcome to the Manager Track, the leadership podcast where we help ambitious managers across the ranks become confident and competent leaders people love to work for. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw. This is going to be a bit of a special episode because I want to share with you an interview that I did for the IT Career Energizer podcast. So this is a role reversal. I'm actually the one being interviewed. And in this conversation, I'm sharing my worst and best career advice, my worst and best career moments, and a few personal things, as well as what I'm currently doing in my business. Now, I thought it'd be fun to share this with you here too, because some of you are new and don't know much about my past or about my corporate life. And I thought this is a great opportunity to give a bit of an insight in where I'm coming from and what I'm currently focused on in my work. Now, Phil's podcast is for IT professionals, but anything that I'm sharing here applies to anyone, regardless of the field or the industry that they work in. So if you're not in IT, don't worry this applies to you as well. So listen in and join me for the conversation with Phil. Welcome to episode 264 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show has helped leaders in companies such as Google, Dropbox and Asana, as well as numerous smaller businesses and startups, achieve greater success by building better relationships, more effective communication and stronger executive presence. She is a former VP of a global private equity firm and now leverages her analytical, results-driven approach, personal leadership experiences, extensive research and coaching skills to support managers in becoming confident and high-performing leaders people love to work for. So welcome to the podcast, Ramona Shaw. Hi, Phil. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. Ramona, that was quite an intro. And obviously, I've mentioned a couple of rather large um, IT companies that people be aware of. Can you perhaps give us a little bit of an insight into your involvement and what you've done for those companies? Yeah, so I usually come in when there's two cases. So either someone connects with me, that could be a manager, it could be an HR team, or could be an individual themselves who says, look, I just landed this big job. I'm running a team for the first time, or I'm running a way bigger team than I did in the past. And I love someone who'd be a thought partner and who'd be a, a challenger along the way and the guide to help me to help me get started on the right foot, right? To be set up for success from the get-go, because what we know yeah. is that a lot of managers in the beginning, unfortunately, fail or underperform. And that's what's based on statistics and research. And that's what we can overcome and, and avoid when we do proper training and coaching and so forth. That's one. Or then the second is just when someone says, look, I know I'm doing this. I'm a little bit stressed out and I know I could do better. I know there are these areas that I receive feedback on. I don't quite know how to implement it. I need, I need some outside help, someone else to think this through uh, and, and to get to that next level in my performance and in the way I show up as a leader and what I can do for my team. And then I get brought in and, and I work with people between three months and 12 months and we do assessments and different types of work together to you know, help them be more clear, more self-aware and then get stronger in those particular skills that they want to uh, get better at and put their own strength to, to work a little bit more than they might have in the past. Okay. And, and do you do that sort of by setting tasks and objectives and goals and so forth? In fact, I do. Uh, it's it's 
I think it's a bit of my of my background. I really like to have a very clear plan in place. So I do work with OKRs and we define those key, you know, the, the objectives and then the key results at the beginning of engagement. We do assessments to to come up with some really important themes that will have the greatest impact for my clients during our work together and thereafter, ideally for the rest of their career. And then we track down like, what does this actually look like? How do we know when we've been successful? What type of feedback will we get by the end of, uh, of the six month or the 12 month that we'll do work together? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so Ramona, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yeah. So I think the one thing, and that goes also a little bit back to my own personal story of having started to lead a team, um, a little bit of like being thrown in the cold water and not quite knowing what is expected of me in in that role. I was successful uh, in you know, at university in my first few jobs. And then I was assigned to lead this team. And in my mind, I thought, of course, this is going to, this is going to go well, because I've done well in the past. So why shouldn't, why shouldn't this also work out just fine? Um, and I'll be able to figure it out. But then I realized about a year and a half into my leadership career, that in fact, the things that made me successful in the past are not the things that are making me successful now as a leader. And so that the, the career advice that comes from, I think I would say it's coined by Marshall Goldsmith, who's an, as a thought leader and expert and a best-selling author in the, on the topic of, of uh, leadership, is that what got you here won't get you there. And I think understanding that what brought me to this new role and this new assignment or this bigger responsibility is not necessarily the same that will get me to the next level. And yeah. what, once I made that shift, it just opened up so, so many things and how I looked at my performance, how I looked at what I needed, what I should let go of, and what I needed to do differently because I wasn't trying to keep doing what I've been doing in the past just because that gotten me results in the past. Now that's understood, yes. And obviously um, you take that into your own your own approach to um, helping other people with their careers. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it is, you know, figuring out, especially for someone if coming from a technical background and, and having really strong hard skills is to, to gain this awareness um, or gain this understanding that what brought them to this career. Maybe they're great problem solvers and their technical skills are really strong, right? And that made them an amazing individual contributor that got them really far. And then at some point, they will be selected as the one who will lead the team. And it sounds like a great opportunity uh, with a desirable career trajectory. And so, yes, I'll jump into that. But then in that moment, it's to recognize that actually the technical skills and the problem solving that has helped me in the past that will not help me right now because if I become the problem solver, then I have a higher likelihood to be a micromanager and there's a higher likelihood that everyone will run to me with their problems when in fact, I need to be the leader who helps them solve their own problems, right? So that's just one thing in developing soft skills and leadership skills, which will become so much more important. Yeah, it's definitely a different skill set, isn't it? And and something you... um 
Obviously, people tend to get moved into management or leadership roles because of their seniority or their experience in what they do, but it doesn't necessarily mean they immediately have the skills to be able to do that new role. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and there is the assumption that by others, those around them who look at them and say, you were so good before, um, of course you'll do great here. And people think about themselves and have this own idea about who they are and how they've been successful in the past. And then they bring this assumption forward as well. And so I've worked with many leaders over and over, you know, a year into their leadership career when they call me and say, you know, I don't know what went wrong because I was really, really strong as an individual contributor. And now I'm just struggling. And I don't understand why, (laughs) what happened? It is really purely the fact that the the requirements have shifted and people around them and they themselves might not have acknowledged it to the extent that it would have been necessary. Yes, exactly. Good. Okay. Um, so Ramona, can you share with us your worst career moments and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. Oh, isn't it fun to go back to those? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, I'd say that for me, the, the first career moment was when I went on maternity leave uh, for the first time. So I have three kids and throughout my corporate career, I went on maternity leave and back into uh, the, the, the professional world as a full-time employee and back out and back in and back out and back in three times. And I learned, learned quite a bunch during this time um, and because it's a challenge, it, it is definitely a, sort of a unique problem and challenge. To have. And in my first, the first time around, I came back and was faced with the situation that the person who was stepping in to my role during my absence loved my job and didn't want to hand that job back to me. Now, it sounds harsh, but really, she, this person um, came from the greatest intentions. She was doing a fabulous job and she really was ready for this new responsibility. But what the challenge was for me is that I did not see this coming. I was, I felt blindsided. I felt like unprepared to have this conversation in my mind um, all the way through maternal leave. And then, you know, starting my first day back at work, the idea I had in mind was that I would step right back into my role. Uh, There would be a transition period, but then I would be back to where I was before. You know, and and that that was a really sort of a, a hard pill to swallow to realize, ah, reality is actually different than what I had hoped it to be. Yeah, that's quite a difference, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us a little bit about your career highlight to date? I think one of the highlights in my career was when we were working when I was working really closely with our with our technical team, our software team, our engineers, and we were developing at the time the first investor app um, in the private equity space. So this was an app, an, a native app that we've developed and we brought to the market to our investor base. And it was sort of a brand new uh, tool and and channel to communicate with, with our large uh, investor base. And I think the reason why this was a highlight to me is because it would really, we were working so hard and we were working across three different continents, you know, with times of really early meetings, really late night meetings, um, 
a lot of people got involved with fixing bugs last you know uh, last minute and making it all happen and then having the launch and presenting it at our investor conference it was a high visibility project but it also was so rewarding because we put the work into it and it was hard and difficult and challenging and um many moments of sweat and frustration but then sort of doing that doing that hard work and and working closely with others on a project that you know has real impact i felt that was the most rewarding and when i think yes. back now even right as as doing this work and wanting to help people thrive in their career I, it's because i think that those moments are just invaluable in our life those things that we remember forever when we get to work on something really hard and then we see it come to fruition. I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's that sort of fulfillment of that sort of end goal, if you like, and actually seeing it all come together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Ramona, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? Yes. Yeah, so I'm as a as a I want to say like as an outsider or observant of what I see working with with technology companies and what they how they're looking at you know work um, work of the future and and careers in IT to me what's really exciting and, and inspiring to to do this type of work is on on one hand obviously right now is what we right now deal with is the remote work environment and the flexibility that this um, creates in the workplace that's one but also what i feel that there is what i'm noticing is that there is a way broader understanding and acknowledgement of of required flexibility in the workplace and what i mean by that is not everyone is suited to be a leader, right? So there are now all these organizations such as Amazon and, and Google, uh, just name the, some of the big names, who have levels and you can reach the next level regardless of whether or not you're leading a team. You could be an individual expert and reach the next level. And I think just that shift to create more flexibility in what a career looks like in IT is and in not necessarily having to be a leadership career for some people, um, that I find really interesting and a great development to see. And then, of course, all with technology and working in technology, um, allowing a lot more flexibility on where we work and how we interact with each other um, and what type of innovation innovations for the workplace and for any other areas in this, in, in this universe, we can put this to, to work. Yeah, I think you're right about the flexibility within the work the workplace as well in terms of what you can do. Um, as you say, management and leadership isn't for everybody, um, and there mm -hmm. are there are plenty of opportunities within within IT and and the technology that's out there to sort of develop and, and grow a career in in several directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and in, including in the how many more women are entering the field and I look at you know I have two little girls and my girls are you know watching how SpaceX lands uh, or you know docks to to the International Space Station and how uh, women are involved in the process and they're, they're reading up on stories of women in in the STEM field or the STEAM field and and how they get excited about it and wanting to be part of it and loving math and, and all of that. And I think, you know, just seeing more of the diversity in the space as well is something that I find 
that I'm excited about. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it. So what is the best career advice you've ever received? Uh, The best career advice I've ever received is to prioritize my career over my job. Now, (laughs) it took a little bit of a while for me to digest this. But in essence, when I was uh, first started off in my career, I was very much focused on the company. I was sort of, I felt married to that company. It was a lot of my time and my energy was all about this company. And what I, uh, what I didn't realize is how important it is to build a network outside the company, in the industry, or even outside the industry, to, to have sort of this long-term perspective on my career and recognize that when I want to switch and I want to go somewhere else, 80% of jobs are filled through networks and referrals. And if I spend all my time and energy on the job, then I'm not set up for what's to come next. And so whenever there was a moment where there was a happy hour or it was a networking event or an industry conference for me to carve out the time and make that a priority over getting more done on my to-do list. Yeah. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I, I love this question, Phil. <laughs> the worst career advice I've ever received was when someone told me that I needed to learn on the job first before before doing any training. And I, at the moment, I didn't recognize, I was in this lap in the face where I recognized like, well, that is a bad career advice. It really came to me and occurred to me later on, it's maybe six months, a year later, when I thought, where is this coming from? Because we know that in the beginning, we're forming habits, right? So when we learn something new, that's the moment when you learn how to ride a bike and that's when your sort of muscle memory starts to kick in. You learn how to hold a pen and if you don't hold it right, it's going to be a lot harder to unlearn to hold that pen the right way. Or, you know, I was a, a synchronized swimmer and I had to unlearn a lot of my sort of faulty swim techniques that I picked up as a child in order to get better as a swimmer. But that was hard work to unlearn and relearn. And so when we're early on in a situation where we have to develop new skills, be this hard skills or soft skills, that's the moment when you want to get training and want to look out and inside the job and and look for best practices uh, to adapt those so that you don't say yourself a year later and you figure out, gosh, what I did a year ago wasn't really the best practice. And now I have to unlearn my habits and start over again. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? If I were to begin my career again in this world, I would, or in, at this time, I would spend a lot more time on relationships. I would spend more time figuring out who, who are my key relationships, with whom do I want to be connected with, who do I admire, appreciate, um, who, from whom can I learn from, and then investing time in developing these relationships because you know, I was way too much caught up in actually doing stuff. I'm in all the personality tests that I've done. I'm very much an action taker. I'm a doer. I want to get be quick and get it done. And it, this comes at the cost. And in my career, this often came at the cost of investing in sort of that longer term outlook and sitting down with people over lunch and be this a two hour lunch, but building the relationship and making time to connect with people. Because ultimately, regardless of what we do, and, and even being in IT, we're all in the, in the business of people. 
Yes, and I think I would spend absolutely. way more time on people and with people than I did. Yeah, that's good advice. Yes. And what career objectives do you currently have? So right now I'm focused on bringing more, I want to say almost democratizing leadership development um, so that it's not just available for people in the executive level in maybe senior leaders, but really to bring to bring training and coaching to everyone in the organization and particularly to new leaders in their first to first one to five years of their leadership career. And and that's my big career goal. And that comes through different different channels, be this through a podcast, um, a book that I'm planning to launch next year, uh, through my own work and workshops and trainings uh, and being on podcasts like just this, just to spread some of the message and and hopefully inspire some people to sit down and reflect and, and on their views and beliefs and what's currently working for them and what isn't. Good. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I think my number one non-technical skill is perseverance. Uh, I feel that people around me often say that when you set your mind to something, then you get it done. There's like no way around uh, you follow through. And I think that that has helped me to get through tough times and times when I felt uh, frustrated or when it was hard and when it was a struggle, be this with family and, you know, sort of chuggling family and work. I always had that end goal in sight and and I was, I was persevering through the challenges and then to get ultimately get to to where I wanted to be. And I think that helped me a lot in in some of the difficult times in my career. Sure. So presumably when you hit a problem or an issue in that, that you always managed to find an alternative solution or a way around it. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think part of this is really to have, I call it the North Star, like, what is it that I'm here for? And what is it that I'm doing next? And why am I doing this? And, you know, I have my goals um, attached to my, the side of my wall here next to my office, and I read them every day, I keep them in arm's length. And, and so my mind is constantly focused on, on doing it. But there are many times where I just want to give up. I was like, ah, yeah. I don't want this anymore. Or can we just stop or let's pivot? And in that moment, I realized like, no, hold on a second. Why are we doing what we're doing? And um, how can we stay focused on the solution and focus on the things that we can control, especially during a time where we're going through an economic downturn and a lot of things aren't the same that they used to be. And we really have to pivot and move things around a little bit, but then always keeping the eye on the end goal. Yeah, at North Star. It sort of leads nicely into the next question, actually. So, what do you do to keep your own career energized? Uh, you can't see me right now, but my office is sort of there are four walls, and on each wall are two to three bookshelves. <laughs> so, right. The passion that I share with my husband is reading books. Amazon Love says we buy a lot of books. I read a lot of books and I feel that the constant, um, the, I, just the idea of learning and seeing new things and being inspired by new, new and maybe even contra- not contradicting, but controversial perspectives keep me energized and keep me, keep me up and running and excited about uh, the workplace and this and leadership in general and being of service to others. Yeah, you like this, the the uh, feeling of a physical book, so you like to actually have something in your hand that you can read rather than reading on a tablet or a, on a on a Kindle yes. or something like that. 
Yeah, I very much love the physical book. And it's it's interesting that sometimes I listen to the audiobook, but then I order the physical book if I liked the audiobook because it, there's something to it to be able to reference back. And I, in fact, often sit here, you know, at my desk and I look at the bookshelves and I look at, you know, maybe there's a challenge that I have and I look at the different books and then pick one out. Then I look up and it's like, what are they saying about this? Or what's their perspective on it? Or how are they doing it or describing it in the book? And I actually turn to my bookshelves quite a lot. Um, I also don't throw away books. There's something about I'm having an attachment to them. I never throw them away, which will soon be a problem for us. Uh, <laughs> we're not knowing where to go because there's two in this household who feel the same way about it. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? In my spare time, uh, I spend a lot of, of obvious time with, with quality time with my kids. They are young and they are fun and they keep me fit and active. I also love hiking. Um, so I was born in Switzerland and I think, you know, mountains and hiking in general is, is, a, is something I really, really enjoy. It's being connected with nature. Before I had kids, I was a big traveler and scuba diver. And I feel that's a bit of a missing right now, but that would be something that, gosh, I would love to get back to. And I can't wait yeah. um, in a couple of years when we when we do that again. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And Romana, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? So if I can bring this back to leadership, because the question that I often get is, what are, you know, what is something that really is a, is a small shift, someone anyone can do and will have a big impact? And my answer is usually this, there something everyone can do and it's easy it doesn't take a lot of time but it will make a big difference in someone's ability to lead and motivate a team is to praise and to acknowledge and not once in a while but frequently and probably more so than you think you need to and it's it's that can be simple things such as hey i really appreciated how you showed up or how enthusiastic you were with this presentation or how well you prepared or how well you structured uh, this report or delivered this 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 tool or this code. Um, and it's small things, but acknowledging and praising employees can make an incredible difference in how well they feel connected with you and how well, uh, how motivated they are. That's one. And I think the other one will be just to hold back a little bit on advice giving and ask questions more often. So whenever you feel that sort of that inner drive, oh God, I want to give advice and I want to say something and give advice um, and solve the problem, just to hold back a little bit, sometimes just bite your tongue and ask a question instead, that often opens up a whole new level of conversation. And, you know, if I boil it down with all the engagements and work that I've done with leaders, these two things are really small, don't take a lot of time. Everyone can do them. And the return on that investment is is incredibly high. That would be my final. Okay, it's, sorry, Phil. That was two pieces of advice, but it would be my final my final words as it relates to leadership and and career in IT. Yeah. So I think part of that was was effectively taking maybe a view or an opinion and, and sort of changing it into more of a question. Yeah, or just being more curious about where is the other person coming from? What 
what has the other person already thought of? Often we get asked of how, what would you do or what should I do next? And I usually say, just turn it around. So like, well, if I wasn't here, what would you do? Or what do you already know should be done? Because yeah. people often know there's a, there's a lot of times where they come in and they want to validate or they want to hear your opinion um, first before really trusting their, their instincts or trusting their own expertise, especially when you're a leader. Uh, but, but that's the moment when I would turn around to like, no, no, I, I, I trust you. Um, and I know that you got something inside of you. So what would you do? And what would you do if I wasn't here? And just hearing them out first or being more curious about what the problem actually is before jumping in and giving advice. Yeah. Okay. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, since we're doing a podcast here, I recently launched a podcast, which is called The Manager Track, which can be found on the different podcast uh, platforms or my website, www.ramonashaw.com. And if you put forward slash masterclass, you'll also get to um, see a free masterclass on what I call the four shifts to become a leader people love to work for. And I'll go deeper into some of the topics we touched here and others. And I think that'd be a good place to, to find out more about um, these type of topics that we talked about in this episode. Great. Excellent. Ramona, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you, Phil. I enjoyed it very much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Phil. Now, if you're someone who's new to a leadership role or first-time manager and you're looking for some resources, then I got something special for you. So head on over to www.ramonashaw.com forward slash masterclass. And this is where I'm teaching you the four shifts that you'll need to go through in order to lead a team successfully so that people love to work with you. And if you like this episode, then please take the two seconds to give it a five-star review on the platform that you're listening to it. And if you're even more generous, I'd love a quick comment about what you appreciate about this podcast. It would mean the world to us. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week in another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.